Good morning and welcome on this second Sunday of the Epiphany. At this time, I invite everyone to please stand as they're able and join in singing hymn 542. It's found in our blue hymnal. Our service of Holy Eucharist Rite 2 begins on page 355 of the Red Prayer Book or on the front page of our seasonal booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli. And he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The second reading is from 1 Corinthians. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 440. Please stand as you're able and join singing hymn 440 found in the blue hymnal.
the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. First of all, I have to say it's so wonderful to see so many here today on this blustery holiday weekend. Uh, earlier is a little bit quieter, so it's a nice surprise, and thank you all for coming. So this morning I want to talk about a friend of mine from my previous parish whose name was Art. And if Art were still alive today, I think he'd be somewhere around 95 or 96. But Art was one of these people. He stood a long six foot two, brilliant mind, wonderful writer, and phenomenal artist and graphic designer. And Art had a long history in the parish where I was outside of Syracuse. If he wasn't one of the founding members from the early 60s, he and his wife, Sheila, were definitely part of the parish soon after it formed. So Art was a wonderful historian. He was also a past senior warden. And so whenever something came up that I couldn't figure out what is going on here, it was Art to whom I would go to find out kind of the history of what was this argument about. And sure enough, if he didn't know, his wife Sheila would know instead. And to add to that wonderful bank of history and knowledge, his wife happened to have been the secretary to Bishop Joslin during his tenure. So if I want to know anything about the congregation or about the diocese, to the Langs I went and spoke. The other thing that Art did and the reason we became so close is about two years into my tenure, I decided that it was time to take the newsletter out of mimeograph form and update it to the 2000s, originally designed in the 60s. No one had touched it. So I went to Art and said, Art, we need to redo this newsletter and make it look a little bit more updated. And that is something Art did, as he made himself, with my blessing, the editor-in-chief of what became a periodical called Vital Signs, the newsletter of the physician St. Luke's Church. So part of our work together for many years was every month just before the newsletter would go out is to talk about that monthly piece called the rector's letter. And our conversations were phenomenal, both theologically deep, talking about what was going on in the parish, and we really formed a bond, especially when he would start editing my work. And he was liberal with the red pen. But his wealth of knowledge, his understanding of theology, is what bonded the two of us. And so I was surprised one day when Art looked at me and said, you know, Craig, I have a confession to make. Now, this didn't happen in the confession, so I can tell you. And I said, well, what is that? He goes, I've never actually believed. Basically, he has been faking it all of his life. And as we talked that day, I said, you know, Art, I'm not surprised. Your whole world exists in your head. That's how you see the world. That's how you understand the world. That's how you interact with the world. And one of the challenges of faith for people who are so dominantly cerebral is they've got to be able to let go a little bit and allow what you know in your head to connect with your heart. And for you, Art, with the person that you are, I realize that is almost asking the impossible. We continued in our close relationship right through when Art was diagnosed with cancer. And it wasn't long after his cancer diagnosis that he had a violent reaction to his chemotherapy and wound up in the hospital afraid he was going to die, weak and totally unable to care for himself. It was soon after that event that Art 
said, hey, I got something to tell you. I said, what's that? I believe. What had changed? In the course of being in that hospital, he had come to the conclusion that the tender, wonderful, dedicated care the nurses had given him during his time of absolute need was nothing far from being in the presence of angels themselves. And with that experience, he suddenly began to understand and truly feel Christ's presence in his life. Now, I can't tell you that his conversion made him all that different, but what I did see in art through his final years was a greater sense of peace and calm as he journeyed through his illness and ultimately to his death. Now, I share this story because I don't think art is all that different from most of us here, especially as we live in a world that is really all about the head. We're taught in school, if you can't prove it empirically or by two-column deductive proof, it really does not exist. Science has really brought us into the concrete of reality. And it makes it very hard for us to actually trust in something that we cannot touch, we cannot see, we cannot taste or feel sometimes. And therefore, it makes our faith very difficult to hold on to because we're so trained into the head. But I realize after reading the first chapter of John's Gospel, of which we heard a portion of today, is that we're no different than the ancients. If we look at our passage from John, what we hear is the calling of Nathaniel. And one of the things that I'm frustrated with in today's passage is that it doesn't start soon enough. We actually miss the calling of Peter and Andrew and follow the pattern of call that happens in this section of John's Gospel. Because it is Peter and Andrew who earlier on are told by John the Baptist that Jesus is the one. Now you would think if they were followers of John that they'd have no problems believing that Jesus is the Messiah because John told them. But yet, what is their first question to Jesus when they come upon him is, are you the one? And they have this wonderfully cryptic conversation with Jesus that ends up with, come and see. Now we hear that again in today's passage in the calling of Philip. This time it is Nathaniel who has already discovered Jesus telling Nathaniel, we have found the Messiah. And what does Nathaniel say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm not going to believe what you told me. Until he has that encounter with Jesus. But you notice throughout the Gospels, Jesus never actually tells somebody who he is. It's always cryptic. And the invitation comes in many different forms, especially in John is... Come and see. So what is Jesus telling us, or John through his ongoing come and see citations that he's conveying to us? And that is our knowledge of Jesus isn't the result of what we've been told, but what we have experienced. Faith is about experience. As I was taught as a young child, faith begins when the heart and the head meet somewhere in the middle, and the two come together. Constantly throughout John's Gospel, we see this pattern of disbelief and then experience. Because it's at the end of John's Gospel that we have the story of Thomas, despite the fact that Thomas is told by the other disciples that they have seen Jesus alive after the crucifixion. Thomas's response is, I won't believe until I have the chance to touch his wounds. And Jesus, in a very different way, appears to Thomas and says, come and see by reaching out 
extending his hand, touch my wounds, touch my side, so you can believe. And in fact, as we look at today's passage, what will succeed it very quickly is John's section on the miracles of Jesus. So not only do they come and follow, but what do they come and see with Jesus is that of the miracles, the wedding at Cana, the healings, etc. So what does that say to us today? And how do we find and grow with Jesus? And I was thinking about the fact that throughout my life we have been told to as part of our spiritual work is to spend our lives looking for and reflecting on where we have experienced the Holy Spirit. And for those who journal, if you work with a spiritual director, they will often say, write down those points in your day where you have had that experience. And in fact, the Ignatian practices are every day is to do the examine and ask yourself, where have I experienced God? But I've come to realize that that is not really the best question to be asking. Yes, it's a good question to say, where have I experienced the holy in my life today? But I think there's a question that goes beyond that. And that question is, how have I experienced the holy? And how has it invited me to come and see, to actually follow deeper or to go deeper in relationship with God in Christ. Because that is truly what each and every one of us is called to. It is not just to make Jesus a head experience, but to truly experience the risen Christ in our lives in the same way that Peter or Paul experiences the risen Christ on the road to Damascus each and every day, if we are hearing and listening, God invites us. God says, come and see, come and follow. And I think the challenge of today's reading is not so much following Nathaniel, Peter, and Andrew, but actually doing what they did to accept the invitation to come and see offered by Jesus and responding to it by following it to wherever it leads, building experience upon experience upon experience of the risen Christ so that truly we do believe and have full knowledge of the grace and the greatness of the divine love that surrounds us here each and every day, both through ourselves as community, through the receiving of the Eucharist, and through our own relationship with the Almighty. Amen. I invite you to please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Amen. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. (coughs) For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the towns of South Kingstown and Narragansett, and for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather, and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer for Stephen and Jane Perini, Vivian Quinn, and Jane Rawlings, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, for the Center of Reconciliation, and all who seek to be reconcilers in our state, nation, and world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, especially H. Peter Berg, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of our patron Peter and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To ye, O Lord, our God. And on this weekend in which we remember the work and the legacy of Martin Luther King, Jr., I do ask your prayers for this nation, for for continuation of his work and his efforts to bring down racism, segregation, and his desire for equality among all people in this land. May we continue to be workers of his message. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please be seated.
I know this is the second Sunday in January, but it's our first Sunday because of last week. So I invite anyone who has a birthday or wedding anniversary during the month of January to come forward for blessing. <laughs> Never, don't even start. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them where they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up when they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace, which passes understanding, abide all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O oh God, you have so consecrated the covenant of marriage that in it is represented the spiritual unity between Christ and his church. Send therefore your blessing upon these your servants, that they may continue to so love, honor, and cherish each other in faithfulness and patience, in wisdom and true godliness, that their home may continue to be a haven of blessing and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy birthday. And the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace to my choir. <laughs> peace, Camilla. Peace, Joan. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, Susan. Peace be with you. Well, peace, your highness. <laughs> peace be with you. Did you get my note? Now I know how she's paying for her jewels. <laughs> peace be with you. Hey, peace be with you. Hey, Team Clarity, peace. Peace. Peace, Jim. I know. Peace be with you. Peace. <laughs> peace, dude. Peace. We have articles for you. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace with you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Ron Cowie, the senior warden, and uh, I get to read the announcements. Um, okay, first off, and I don't know, most importantly, I suppose, next week, next Sunday, I think, is it the 28th? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, brace yourself, um, is the <laughs> annual meeting. And that's where it's a kind of a really interesting... Um, thing ultimately where we can, you get to see how the sausage is made, so to speak, but you're part of it, uh, which is a fun thing to do. I mean, we, that's why I like to be in the Episcopal Church because I get to be a part of it and not just on the mic. Um, sooner than that, this week is the Mediterranean Community Dinner. And that is, uh, Janessa is going to be cooking that, and I'm going to be helping her. And as usual, anyone who shows up will figure out what you can do. Um, it's a great time. Everyone's invited. Bring a friend. We always have more than we, we plan for, and that's by design. Um, but she's making, like, lemon rice and chicken Slovakia or whatever. I don't know what, but I'm showing up. <laughs> Um, and I'm excited for it. So that's this Thursday, and there's going to be a big fat hymn sing as well that same day. What time, Tony? Right after dinner, 645 6.45. So you load up, and then you come in here, and it's like the garlic fog or whatever you know, singing. <laughs> but it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, so, yeah. Oh, boy, what fun. Uh, and now I just see there's a new book club at St. Peter's by the Sea. And this is cool. If you like to read books and you kind of want to grow your spirituality and you just get into your head but also connect it to your heart, this is a great way to do it. Um, and it just says click here and we'll be in touch with the details. So there's that. I'm just reading off of the uh, daily email thing. Um, <laughs> Now, fun, fun, uh, the sourdough bread making workshop. I think there are a few more spots left, uh, and that is January 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., hosted by the Beach Road Bread Company, and that's a parishioner. Uh, and so if you want to learn how to make sourdough bread, she's legit. 
uh, and it's it's worth it. So I think that's all I got. That's my missing. Any joys, concerns, fun announcements from the hall? No. Okay. Well, good to see you all. <laughs> <laughs> And before I give the um, offertory sentence, just two things. Um, one, um, for those who have not had an opportunity to turn in a pledge card, there are pledge cards available in the back of the church or available through the eNet online. Um, we invite everyone, please do so as soon as you can. Um, save Bob a lot of phone calls. So that would be greatly appreciated. Also, um, just a reminder, as we ran into last week, we never quite know um, with the weather whether we can or cannot park out front. Last week we had a parking ban and no snow. Go figure. Uh, so if you're curious, is there going to be church? Is there not going to be church this Sunday because of the weather? Check the email or Facebook site. I will have something up at six, by 6 a.m. to let you know whether we can park or not. Also, if roads are passable but the police department in town will not let us park on the street, I will also let you know that in the notice which will say please park on in the parking lot and not in the street. Uh, so things to know if you're questioning, always check the website. Ron's great at getting a banner up at the top or our Facebook page itself. That's where the most up-to-date information during inclement weather is. On that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you've made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with the blessed Virgin Mary, Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Before we begin our closing hymn, just a reminder, there is a wonderful coffee hour prepared for us by the Dawson Brady, so I do invite all to join us in the parish hall for coffee immediately following the service. Please stand and join in, sermon, in singing hymn 535 found in our blue hymnals. Thanks be to God. <laughs> 